Welcome back to Workplace Injury Prevention, a Fit for Work podcast where we bring the power of prevention to you. I'm Mike Lobshaw, Director of Marketing at Fit for Work, and pleased today to be joined by Chase Feeler, the, the Director of Functional Testing at WorkSteps. Hey, Chase, welcome into the podcast. Hey, Mike, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You bet. Happy to have you. Uh, I think uh, your inclusion here in this episode of the podcast makes a lot of sense to those who have had a chance to listen to the last two uh, episodes of the Workplace Injury Prevention Podcast. And we'll get into that in a minute. But I kind of wanted to begin things by taking a peek at yourself, your background, and sort of what you what you do at WorkSteps. And the way I was going to lay this out is, um, you know, I, I ob- we've met and have, have worked together now for, uh, for up to a year, but I, I started looking into some of your background and I'm like, how am I going to describe this? And I thought, you know what? I think Chase will do a better job of it than I will. <laughs> so I thought I would do one of the things that happens to us, like when we're out and about at like a restaurant or a gas station or someone and, and, and you're talking to someone you haven't talked to in a while. And I say, so what, you, what are you doing for work now? What, um, how do you answer that question, Chase? Because you've had um, a pretty interesting career. Your stop before work steps was interesting and in the same industry, but a little bit different than maybe what you're doing right now. So I think our listeners would be interested in hearing a little bit about that and then a little bit about what you're doing at work steps. Sure. Um, so I am the, um, I'm the son of Larry Feeler, who is the founder and CEO of WorkSteps. Uh, which originated down in West Texas in a small town, Odessa, Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he came up with the idea through um, testing for my grandfather's construction company, who was you know, hiring a lot of um, people that were becoming injured quickly on the job, either had pre-existing conditions or were not just physically able to do those heavy, intensive, labor-intensive jobs. And, um, you know, he came, basically came up with, an, you know, a regimen to, you know, kind of pre-screen people for that. It grew from there. And, uh, you know, obviously now we're a large national testing company, but that was over 30, 30 years ago that all this happened. And so I kind of have grown up around the program, uh, working as a, you know, in high school as a technician at, at, at his clinic, doing work steps testing, went to physical therapy school and, um, Initially, I came out of school and worked at a level one trauma hospital for about five years before I kind of transitioned over to doing this. I always felt like I would do this eventually, but I wanted to get experience with patient care and see a lot of um, you know interesting things in that time. And I certainly did, uh, you know, did wound care, burn care, um, a lot of uh, tra- traumatic injuries, brain injuries, uh, car crashes, you know, yeah. lots of, uh, you know, just the, the craziest stuff you can think of, we know we saw it. It was, it was an interesting time, and then I was glad to have that experience. But um, you know, eventually it became time to where I felt like I was ready to, for something different. And eventually, obviously, this was kind of what I always felt like I would end up going into was, okay. uh, you know, work steps testing. So, um, if, to answer the question, what I do now, I I work with a, a protocols team. We are a, a team of therapists. We uh, develop the training process and protocols for the testing process. We train uh, individuals, clinics to do the testing process, we provide support and feedback to them, um, answering emails, phone calls, questions about how do I handle the situation? I've got this person with this. What do we need to do here? Uh, those kind of situations uh, involved in um, kind of lower to medium level IT responses as well with them, helping them navigate the testing software, um, manage okay. their accounts in the software, uh, as well as developing what we call tabletop job analysis. I think they've mentioned that previously on the other podcast where 
you know, we get kind of a job description or feedback from an employer and we kind of develop simulations based on that um, to develop their essential testing criteria, you know, for them to do simulations on, as well as, you know, performing job analysis uh, and, and working with the job analysis department on their processes and protocols and stuff like that. So it's a little bit of everything where, you know, we're kind of a smaller company. We always have been, so we always have a little bit of, uh, you know, forte into different, uh, you know, areas and different departments, but that's kind of a little bit uh, of what I would do, I'd say, on a daily basis is a little bit yeah. of all that stuff, but mostly provider support and feedback on a daily basis, I would say. Okay, interesting. So there's there's two things there that I want to I want to um, peel some layers back on. One I'm going to do right now, but one I'm going to table for later in the episode after we talk about the topic du jour, which is fit for duty testing. So table that one. But the one I want to get into first is, you know, you mentioned your father and I'd be really curious now that I'm getting to know a lot more about, uh, you know, fit for works business and work steps business and how these two Titans in their industries are coming together. I, I'd be curious to know if you and your father have had any interesting conversations about both the contrasts, but also the similarities in this world right now, as he is going through it with, with you by his side. And then, when he was started, when he was in your shoes, do you guys talk a lot about the differences and the similarities? Uh, yeah, we've had those conversations. I mean, obviously in the, in the beginning, you know, this was, these are 1980s whenever he started this process. So yeah. I'm not even sure, you know, with, with the internet now, with not having those resources back then, you know, he went to the, the process of, um, you know, he found studies done by the National Institute of Occupational Safety and Health where they did, um, certain uh, lifting parameters with a general population to kind of get normative values using standardized uh, boxes with, with standardized shapes, um, you know, 14 yeah. by 14 by 14 square box, and as well as an, a lifting box. And they did a study where they lifted, I think, uh, around 800 to 1,000 candidates or, or say, let's say general population uh, subjects where they were kind of getting normative values for those lifts. And that's what he based his um, his protocols on was, was including those kind of standardized lifting um, boxes. And now up today, you know, we have over 3 million tests in our testing software uh, with those parameters and lifting um, capabilities. So it's just, and it's kind of just, you know, it's just, it's uh, some of it's unfathomable, um, you know, as far as where it's at now and versus where it was. I mean, obviously it was very, startup very lean times back then it just kind of grew in that small sector west texas then they got together with pete and cindy um you know expanded the testing environment to regionally in texas and then from there you know it's it's taken 30 years but you know we've got i think over 1500 providers now in every single state and yeah. a provider in new zealand and you know just um just all over the place and so it's 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 really it's kind of mind-blowing you know where it is now versus where it was in the the, the original you know, roots of the program. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting, pretty incredible. Uh, yeah, I can totally see that. And that, you know, that's why it'd be interesting to get a, a man who's got wisdom like your father to get his thoughts on that. And I've only gotten to talk to him about it, you know, at surface level briefly, haven't, haven't met him only one time, but um, you know, he's got great perspective on, you know, on what it was like before and what it's like now. And as mm -hmm. I said, similarities and and also some contrast. So um, interesting, interesting conversation, maybe for another episode, uh, sure. some other day, but all right. So a few weeks ago, Chase, um, we had a general discussion here on the podcast with Wendy Chalette, who's, um, a, who's a director of testing at fit for work. And it was, it was really about the stages of employment testing. And then last week we kind of got into the weeds with 
Dr. Jared Robertson on physical agility testing in the industrial setting. And so today I wanted to dig in to a term or a type of test that has that came up in both of those conversations, actually, and that was fit for duty testing. And we sort of like took two or three steps down the road of fit for duty testing, but we kind of always were talking about other types of testing as well. So I wanted to get into that here with you today. I think you're as, as wrote on the subject as anyone uh, that we could that we could talk to. So we're glad to have you. Fit for duty testing, I believe, would fall into the post-employment testing category. Is that that's correct? correct? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah that's so, correct. all right, great. So, I got that part. But secondly, what I think is interesting is, you know, fit for duty. Would you describe that as a type of test? Like, the, is that a de- a descriptive name for the test that kind of describes the desired outcome? Like, if you do this generic test, you are fit for duty. Or is fit for duty a very specific type of test that's been developed that has some unique ties to work steps? No, I would say that's that's a general term, and I think you've got it. You you've you hit the nail on the head. It's it's really is this person fit for the duty that's assigned to them for their position? So it's it's kind of de- detailing that um, fitness for duty testing uh, done post employment or post employment testing. Um, doing post-injury, post-illness is usually the most common scenario as well. But there can be uh, different times where there's certain triggers that allow an employer to look at uh, doing fitness for duty testing when that's not the case. Usually it's a performance problem where they observe, this, they have objectival, objective, reliable evidence that this person maybe is avoiding certain activities on the job. Maybe they have some, um, you know, re- requests and accommodation or, um, you know, otherwise, you know, said, I've got this pain in my back and they're not really sure, or, you know, just a performance problem in general where, you know, there may be certain times where they can send them in for a fit for duty test to get looked at and see what's going on with them, make sure they can do their job safely and acceptably. Mm-hmm. Do you find that for a lot of clients who experience success with this type of test, do you find that because it's, it's post, you know, we talked about the stage that it's in, um, you know, and it's post-employment testing. So so I understand that these folks are already employed. They're, they're in a position. But what I'm wondering is if you could talk about the difference or if there is no difference, talk about the similarity where this is an effective test for a company, for an employer. In context of an employee who's had an event happen that is hindering them compared to a client who has done no testing at all and now they're going to start testing are those two different sort of disciplines or are those very similar scenarios well there's you know there's no obviously there's no um requirements for an employer to do uh, employment testing of any kind you know they don't have to necessarily do a pre-employment testing they don't necessarily have to do any post-employment testing um, there may be certain other occupational medicine requirements like a DOT physical, depending on their job, but employment testing in general is not a requirement. It's, it's an optional thing. Uh, post-employment testing, I, I would say the most probably common scenario where it, it's, it shows its value is, you know, most employers, you know, they'll get a return to work note from an employee and they'll just return them to work because the doctor says that they're ready to return to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may, they may be ready to return to work, but realistically and i've never seen it happen before really is 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 that doctor 
they're medically clearing the person to return to work, but is that, does that mean physically that they're ready to return to work? And is that doctor actually looking at their ability to do those job requirements? And the answer to that is unequivocally, no, they're not doing that. They're medically clearing the person to work, but they're not observing that person doing their job demands, whatever they are specifically to their job before they return them to work and say, yes, I've, you know, I've seen them do these things. They've demonstrated these things. I've watched them do these things. They've provided me feedback um, on any kind of issues or symptoms or increase in symptoms or that they feel perfectly fine or that they lifted the object safely and acceptably. That stuff doesn't happen. And that's really where our role is because we see, we see all kinds of things. We see where a, a can't, you know, an employee is ready, is clear to return to work and they are absolutely ready and they're ready to go or they, um, are clear to return to work and they cannot, you know, they can't lift the heaviest demand of the position or they can't do several things that are essential functions for that position. And obviously if, if they were not doing an employment test, a fit for duty test on those people that are not ready, if you're returning them to work without doing that test and have that information, they're at very high risk, obviously, for re-injuring themselves yeah. or maybe compensating or, you know, injuring another body part because yeah. they're just not physically ready to return to work. And there may be various reasons for that, maybe related to the injury or illness themselves that they're returning from. It may just be because they, you know, didn't do anything for two months when they're out of work, you know. So there's various reasons, and those are the reasons, you know, that's probably the, the most important reason of why it's important to do these things because just because you know, a, a practitioner or a doctor clears someone to return to work does not always mean they're physically ready. Exactly. So. And, and, and you know what about, about that, Chase, too, is it, it might not even, not that, not that anyone has great interest in assigning blame to it or pointing fingers, but it might not even be that the, the medical, the doctor is being, there's, there's some sort of, he's not, he or she is not being thorough. You know, the, the patient or employee may not be, accurately or with proper context explaining what their job entails right and and isn't that part of the fit for duty testing is there gets to be a very descriptive and accurate account of what a position would is going to ask the employee to do absolutely i mean we hear that uh, a lot of times you know the, the doctor clears them and return to work or then you know again the conversation they'll say what are you doing at work oh i just you know i drive a forklift every once in a while and i might right. have to pick up a, a 20 pound bucket but that's it and you know th what they're what they're relaying to their doctor because they want to return to work obviously uh, in a lot of situations but they're maybe not and it, it's a no to no fault of their own maybe they just are not really thinking of all the actual physical demands that they, they're doing for their job and the heaviest physical demands that maybe they don't do every day, but they are required to do. And so that's where we're looking at the most essential, you know, most physically demanding aspects of their job. They're going to come in and they're going to demonstrate they can do those so that if they're doing the lesser physically demanding things, we're not worried about those, but we want to make sure they can do the hardest things before they can return to work. Um, and so again, it may just, it's, you know, it's not, maybe not a misrepresentation, but they're just not, you know, fully aware of what they do or remember exactly what they do on, on a daily basis. And that's why we want to make sure that we take them through those demands that are the most strenuous and make sure that they can do those safely so that we can feel comfortable and the employer can feel comfortable returning them to work before they start back, you know, full duty. Mm -hmm. So walk me through what it's like. If, let's say you're a company that does not do this, this type of testing. You're a medium size or small company and you're listening to this and you're like, Oh, I'm, geez, that that's, that's a great idea. I'm interested in that. And you, 
have an epiphany or you've got extra budget or you are sick and tired of, you know, costs associated with injuries and you want to put your foot down and engage in fit for duty testing. What, what is it like initially? Um, what's it like for you when, or your team, you are engaging with a client for the first time? Are there a lot of tests? Are you, what's the onboarding process like? And is it typically a pretty smooth transition? And then do you see clients start small and then warm up to more and more? Or do you typically see clients jump right into it? Uh, it depends on the scenario. You know, each each company and each individual's uh, company's needs are different, and their their problems are different. Um, so it you know we we try to we try to address those questions. You know, what what are their sticking points? What are their issues? And you know, come up with a, a plan that we feel like can address those issues, whether that's widespread testing or if it's you know looking at individualized testing. Again, the the thing with uh, testing is it's not required, but um, you know, we can all, what you can do is you can isolate and, um, you know, for like pre-employment testing, we, if employers are having problems, injuries with a certain position with their company, then they can simply test for all, all candidates and applicants for that one single position rather than testing for all their employees. So a lot of times employers don't know they can do that. Um, they don't, they don't know that they can, that that's all, it's not either all or none. They can actually isolate and, and try to address the problematic positions, you know, the most physically demanding at positions they can test for that single position as long as they test everybody and that that's applying for that position the same you know that's where you don't want to you know selectively test certain people or or whatever and same yeah. thing for fit for duty testing you know you want to you want to have a, a a fit for duty uh, policy in place f- as an employer um again you'd want to consult with legal counsel but um, you want to have a consistent process uh, for fit for duty testing where you're not being discriminatory and who you're identifying needs a fit, fit for duty test um, but again, you know, there's going to be a difference between someone who's returning to like a secretarial job versus someone who's doing labor intensive, you know, job demands. So mm-hmm. um, you can have, you know, again, where certain positions you would subject to a fit for duty testing that are obviously the more physical, physically demanding, strenuous positions versus ones that are more sedentary or yep. light. You know, you wouldn't necessarily have to test those people if you're not concerned about their ability to do those job demands. So, um it's not really all or none. It's it, again, it can be tailored to the the client's needs and you know where the again their sticking points, where their problem points are, and that can be doing testing. That can be looking at ergonomics, early intervention. You know, it just depends on where those sticking points are and, and what their problems are, and we try to you know address those in a multi multifacet you know approach to address mm-hmm. their needs. You uh, you mentioned something that kind of. Um... It, it prompted another question of mine. Um, is part of the service offering that WorkSteps provides uh, with respect to fit for duty testing, but maybe to other types of tests as well, is the help with legal compliance? Is, is that something that WorkSteps helps clients with? Where it's like, where I'm going is, hey, if you're, if you're going to do this test on this position, you got to test everyone in this position. You don't have to test every position in your company, but if you do test one, you got to test everyone. That may be a very simple example, but there's lots of other complex legal, potential legal HR um, things to address. And is that part of the service offering? 
We do, and we have we have an on-staff um, lawyer who reviews, um, you know, our process and procedures uh, protocols. Uh, we have white papers for our testing process that have been vetted uh, and you know signed off on by large um, EEO uh, law firms. Uh, so you know our processes have been vetted and taken care of as far as the legal process. Um, we have sample policies and procedures for you know em- employment testing, pre-employment testing, fit for duty testing that an employer can you know, um, look at as a sample. Again, obviously they want to consult with their own legal team to, you know, modify or, or in, you know, you know, develop those to how, what suits their, um, their needs and their legal requirements. Um, so we do have that support where we can provide uh, some legal aspects and just having relationships with, with uh, you know, that, that, you know, throughout the years um, we do, we are able to do a lot of that stuff as well. Interesting. All right. We're going to uh, cut into the conversation right here uh, and take a break so you can listen to a message about Fit for Work uh, and Fit for Work's partners and work steps and services provided and how we can help you. When we come back, I mentioned there's a question I had for Chase that um, had something to do with with something he said at the beginning of the episode. So I'm going to get to that question with Chase when we come back. But first, let's take a break. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. Do sprains and strains just keep happening at your business? You need an experienced partner. A fit-for-work on-site injury prevention specialist will work directly on the floor, in the field, out in the trucks, wherever your employees are, to prevent the injury from ever occurring. Our comprehensive focus on the three leading indicators to an injury, early soreness, ergonomics, and behaviors, will ensure that this program is very different than others and is much more than just a symptom and response process. Instead of delivering a solution that simply reacts, you will have the satisfaction of knowing that you have instilled a workplace injury prevention program that is constantly shifting your environment further and further upstream into the state of proactivity. Reach out to wellworkforce.com if you need more information. All right, everyone. Welcome back. It's the Workplace Injury Prevention Podcast, a Fit for Work podcast. I'm your host, Mike Wobshaw, joined today by Chase Feeler, we continue our conversation. I teased a question I had for you, Chase, about something you said in your intro. Before we get to that question, two more follow-ups from our conversation, which I've enjoyed very much so far. And I've tried to angle a few of the last few questions I had about toward companies who maybe they're not doing testing right now, or they're doing some, but not a lot. And, and this conversation is striking a chord with them. What do you feel like there are a lot of companies who aren't doing something like fit for duty testing who should be doing it? Is that kind of what you find as you do your day-to-day work and you're involved with, you know, prospective clients, you're involved with current clients is your sense that, Hey, you know what, there's a lot of companies out there that would, that would stand to benefit if they did this. Absolutely. I mean, there's there are a lot of, you know, big and small companies, across the United States that uh, don't do this type of testing. And again, especially for labor intensive industries, uh, oil and gas, construction, you know, those kind of industries, that, you know, where these are really physically demanding jobs. Um, it's, it's quite surprising that there's not, uh, that some of them don't do any kind of testing um, to make sure the person, you know, physically can do the job first when they're hired, but also when they're returning them to work to make sure that they're ready to return to work. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's quite surprising um, 
you know, I think anybody in those kind of in industries, they're going to have higher injury rates just because of the physical nature of the jobs. And so, again, uh, you know, this is just one way to try to address and combat that to make sure that you're hiring the right candidates at the start and that you're not bringing someone back too soon post leave um, before they're ready to return to work. So, yeah, yeah, makes sense. All right. So, um, I got into this a little bit with Wendy and a little bit with Dr. Robertson last time, and I, I want to kind of broach the, the topic with you too. You know, a lot of the work that Work Steps and Fit for Work does is it's, you know, a lot of consultation with employers. And it's about, hey, you know, reducing costs associated with injuries. And there's a lot of bottom line and profitability and productivity. And, and look, I mean, like the bottom line matters and people are in business to make money. But I, I got to say, and you've been in this your your whole life, Chase. I've been in this industry and in this, you know, with Fit for Work for just over a year. And I really, one thing that's really struck me is, yep, there is that component to the business. But there's also like a healthcare component and a human component to this. And it, where it's like, it's really about keeping people healthy. And, and even if you're a dollar, it's a dollars and cents thing to you. If you keep your people healthy, that is what is going to get you to the bottom line outcome that you want, you know? And I, I think it's important that that not get lost that at the end of the day, this is about, we want people to be healthy, stay healthy. And if for some, if something happens where there's an injury or an event, we want to get them back to, healthy as quickly as we can. And at the end of the day, Chase, that's, that's what your work is, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, it's twofold. We're, we're not just doing this just to, you know, prevent, I mean, obviously we're doing to prevent injury costs for the employer, but we're also, you know, we have the well-being of the individual in mind. We don't want to put someone in a place where they're not able to physically do their job and put, put them at high risk for injury um, or knowing they have a pre-existing condition that, you know, may cause them to become injured on the job based on the job demands. Uh, we want to, you want we want to benefit both parties in this situation to, you know, prevent the injuries from occurring, um, you know, to lower experience modifier rates, to, um, you know, reduce group health costs, all those kinds of things uh, by limits, you know, by limiting those exposures to, you know, those injuries, you're not going to prevent slips, trips and falls, you know, accidents, those are going to happen. But, Hiring the hiring the appropriately qualified individuals and making sure that those returning to work are ready to return to work. You know that's 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 the that's the ticket here to make sure that those those individuals are ready because it just takes you know one or, or a couple of um, you know serious injuries that result in you know long term rehabilitation surgeries. I mean those are really costly to you know employers' costs. Um, you know, and, and that can pay for a lot of employment tests to prevent those injuries. Um, and there's ways you can work around, you know, obviously the bottom line is important. People don't want to spend what they see as, you know, an extra, um, cost to, you know, hiring somebody on, but there's ways that you can work around some of those costs, um, as well that, you know, can kind of work with the employers on that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, worksteps.com is, uh, is worksteps website. Very easy, simple to remember, uh, for, for anyone chase who I mentioned like this, uh, maybe someone 
involved with safety at their work or HR at their work, or even a, a, a C-suite level um, person at a company, they're interested in learning more about work steps or fit for duty testing specifically, what's the best route or path for them? Is, is it worksteps.com? Yes, there's a there's a general in, inquiry where you can say contact us and it'll fill out a, a, a little job form where they, they can submit a request to us and we'll kind of we'll receive that and triage it to the appropriate personnel that uh, will we'll get reach out and respond to that inquiry. Awesome. All right. Well, you're you're a busy man, Chase. I uh, I know that, so I very much appreciate your time today. Thank you for joining uh, the podcast, and uh, I'm sure the listeners found a lot of your. Uh, a lot of your perspective interesting. So I'm glad you took the time to join us. Thank you. No problem. I appreciate your time too. All right. And thank you all for listening to Workplace Injury Prevention, a Fit for Work podcast. Please like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, to learn more about Fit for Work and our services, visit our website, wellworkforce.com. Also visit the fine folks at WorkSteps, their website, to learn more about Fit for Duty, fit for duty Testing and all the other types of testing and services WorkSteps offers, you can do that at WorkSteps.com. And lastly, remember, prevention improves lives.